We'll begin reading this morning in the book of Exodus, chapter 15. Now, as you get into the very beginning of the book of Exodus, chapter 15, God's people had experienced a victory. God's people had experienced that God had delivered them and, and brought them to a, a time that they were able to, uh, to evade Pharaoh uh, and the army of Pharaoh, and they were, they were on a journey for God. But what I want you to notice in the, the 15th chapter of the book of Exodus, and we're going to skip down to about the 22nd verse here in just a second. We're going to begin reading in the book of Exodus uh, chapter 15, and uh, I want to read to you beginning in the 22nd verse, if I can. And as we read these verses, I want you to notice a change that's going to happen. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Again, we talked about the, the victory they had. And they went out of the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. So they made, they had already made the, the place where they had crossed the Red Sea. God had seen them, but they had no water. 23rd verse said this. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah. Again, they didn't have it. And then they couldn't drink it because they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which he had cast into the waters, and the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statue and an ordinance. There he proved them and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do what is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all of his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. This morning I want you to think about how that we, or that God, is able to make bitter times become sweet. I don't, I don't know what's on your heart this morning, but I want you to ask yourself this question. How many of us have bitter times or places in our life? Now I know that some people are going to have more. Some people are more open about their bitterness. And when I say bitterness, it are things that are not the way that they should be or the way that we would like for them to be. But here I want you to notice in this particular reading that we have here is that they had escaped Egypt, they had escaped Pharaoh, they were on the, the run, or they were on the move, I should say. And all of a sudden, the beginning in that 25th verse, it says, the people murmured against Moses. Have you ever noticed that one of the greatest things that God's people likes to do is to murmur? Now, murmur is not necessarily the word that we want to do, say, as far as meaning a complaint. It does have that connotation. But it also means that they stayed with Moses and they were not happy about things the way that they were. Here's what I want you to know this morning. God changes things. We already said that a little bit this morning. But it talks about how that, that the people begin to murmur with Moses here, against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? The very first thing that our nature wants to do is to murmur, complain against God or about God or the situations we have in our life. You would think, God, I'm running from Pharaoh. Here we are trying to escape slavery. We're trying to go where you tell us to go. We get to the Red Sea. We're still being pursued by the enemy. If the enemy catches us, we're going to die. 
And God, here we are at the Red Sea. So what does God do? God parts the Red Sea. They cross to the other side. They escape. They get to the other side. They turn around and they look back. And Moses, excuse me, and Pharaoh, Moses and the people of Israel got to the other side. Pharaoh and the army, the waters begin to encompass them and destroyed Pharaoh and his army. And the people begin to sing and they begin to rejoice. And you would think that's the end of the battles. You know what? Once you get saved... Let's just be just totally honest this morning. That may be the end of the battle of the soul and sin, but it's not the end of the battles against Satan. Can I say that one more time? When we get saved, does not mean that we are finished with our battles against Satan. It just means we're victorious. It's at that moment that we become victorious over what God is able to do in our life. Folks, the greatest thing that we can ever overcome is sin. Once you get saved and you become victorious over sin, then the other battles, God is going to entrust that we would be able to trust Him, that He can fight these battles, that He can do things. But but notice what I read to you there in the 22nd verse. That the very first thing, they begin to, to get in the wilderness, and all of a sudden they went to a time and it says, and there was no water. Not water that you can change or not water that can be purified or not water that that can be used for something else. It said there was no water in their life. Now notice the progression of things that that, that we're going to see and how that that, that things are going to kind of move around a little bit. But we see here is that there was no water. And then it also said in the 23rd verse, it says they could not drink the water because the waters were bitter. Which that's what they named the morale there. When they named it, it means this place is bitter. It's a place that reminded them of not of something good, but of something bad. Now we're going to talk about what this means in just a minute. We're going to talk about some some things that we have in our life. But this morning as we sit here and we read these scriptures, do you have places in your life that are bitter? Matter of fact, do we have times in our life that are not ideal times? I've seen people go by places that they used to have employment and maybe they were not exactly excited because something happened at their job and that's not a a good memory, It's it's a bitter memory for them. We also see that there's times that people go by the old home place where they were raised and maybe didn't have the most ideal raising in their life and it brings bitterness in their life. Memorials. All around this land and country and all around the world that that people have memorials because it reminds them of usually not so ideal circumstances that have happened. One of the greatest places that I believe that brings some of the greatest pain upon people is a place not too far from here. It's a graveyard. What is it about a cemetery? What is it about a graveyard that people are disturbed about? What is it about these places that that people realize is that that it's a place that causes bitterness? I don't know about any of you. And again, if if you've got a testimony, testify to that. But I want to ask you something this morning. Usually when you and I come into a place like that or to a situation like that, it's a place of bitterness. It's a place that we do not find good. But let me ask you this. Do you think there's a day coming that God is going to change that situation? Let me pause right there and tell you this. Folks, those that are gone on to be with the Lord, I know and I believe in this that we may see a time of defeat, 
But folks, there's coming a day of victory. Do you believe in a victory over the grave? Absolutely do I believe in that. And why does that happen? Why were these waters changed from bitter to sweetness? Why is a graveyard going to transition from a time of hurt and pain and reminder of, of, of tough times and events in our life? How is that going to be changed? I can go ahead and give you that answer, folks. It's going to change because of Jesus. Because of Him are these things going to happen. The book of Job, I want to read you if I can, the 21st chapter and the 33rd verse. It's the same word of Mara there that means bitterness. Listen to what happens in Job chapter 21. In verse 33. The clods of the valley shall be sweet unto him. Do you know what this valley is that he's looking down at? He's looking down at a valley that we would call a cemetery. It's a place where the dead have been buried. Clay, the clods, is a, it's a place where they, they couldn't use it for farmland, so it was a good burial ground. So it's a place that you might see a lot of the people laid to rest, as we might say. Now, you and I, when we look at that place, usually, and I don't say usually, it is easy for us to look at a place like that and say, bitterness. But for those of us that are saved by God's grace, we should not look as a graveyard in bitterness and defeat, folks. We should, with the deepest amount of conviction we have, believe that that is a place of victory. Listen to what happens. The clods of the valley shall be sweet unto him. And every man shall draw after him. And there are innumerable, uh, and there are innumerable before him. Notice what he says. Shall be sweet unto him. I know this. <laughs> I believe that one day that those the Bible says that Paul said the dead in Christ shall rise. And we that remain shall be called up together in the clouds and forever be with the Lord. Folks, I believe there's coming a day that we might look at sadness. It's going to be a time instead of bitterness. It's going to be a time of sweetness. Listen to what Exodus chapter 15 and verse 25 said. It says, and the people murmured. Why were the people murmured? Because if you'll notice, God's people had a hard time keeping their focus on God. They were looking at the problems instead of God. Folks, let me tell you something about God. God is bigger than your problems. Would you agree? Do you know what I've learned about problems? Problems are about like a, a coin or even, let's just say, the tip of your thumb. If I was to take my thumb and stick it far out as I can, then I, can, I don't have to worry about covering up something. But if I take that thumb and put it right in front of my eye, then all of a sudden, that is what I see. Folks, our problems in life or our bitterness in life, may we realize is that God is bigger than the problems. We just got to put our problems in perspective. Where are, what are your problems and where are your problems compared to God? The people of Israel had lost their focus. They didn't see God. They saw the problems. Here we are in closing out the year 2023. And you can still see the same thing. People see the problems. They don't see God. When you see a mighty God and you see a big God, you see a God that can overcome. And all of a sudden, the people murmured. There's a lot of circumstances in our life that probably don't just merit joy. But God being there is something that does. For Paul said in the book of Philippians, he said, Rejoice in 
the Lord. The Bible teaches us to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Do you know where Paul wrote that in Philippians chapter 4? When he said rejoice in the Lord, do you know where Paul was at? He wasn't in a resort somewhere. Paul had not gone through the most enjoyable time in his life. Paul was in prison and he penned the very words, rejoice in the Lord. You might look at a time of bitterness that he was incarcerated. He was in jail. You might think that's a hard time. That's a bad time. But remember, we're talking about making bitter times sweet. Is that God said, I'm going to change things. And Paul said, rejoice in the Lord. But it says the people murmured. How long does it take us to forget the beginning of chapter 15? Beginning of chapter 15, God saw them through the Red Sea. God had delivered them at a point that they could not deliver themselves. God had brought them out of that. But how soon do they forget? I wish I could tell you that I've seen people saved. And in every account, they just stayed in church all their life. That's not always the case. I wish I could tell you that that preachers always just walked hand in hand with the Lord, that, that they never let go, that they never lost their focus, that they never lost their priorities in life. But folks, it happens. Sometimes along the way, we have to admit that one of our weaknesses is we forget what God has done. Sometimes, you know why? Go, go read the number of times that the word recall, or more specifically, the word remember is brought about. How easy we forget. I want to ask you something. How many of you today have forgotten what God done for you yesterday? You want to stop right now and just think about all God did for you yesterday? What did God do for you? Did He get you out of your bed? Did God give you food? Did God give you shelter? Did He give you love? Did He give you a family? What did God give you in your life? We see today is that some people don't see the sweetness. They see the bitterness. They, instead of looking at what they do have, they look at what they don't have. Folks, if you've got God, you've got everything you need. Now, does that mean that there's not other times in our life that hurt? You're going to come across bitter waters. The, what I'm trying to tell you about God is, if you got God, He can change things. I'm not excluding human beings or the children of God from bitter waters. What I am telling you this morning is this. If you got God, you've got a changer in your life. But it's the people in life that don't have God. Then their circumstances they're in. That is a hopeless cause then. Why? Because it will not change. Folks, I serve a God and I believe in a God that can change things. I believe in a God that can stop the sun while it's in the middle of the sky. I believe in that. God can do things that nobody else can do. Only God can take bitterness and make them sweet again. And the people murmured against Moses. They thought Moses had led them to a problem. What God was trying to do is, God was trying to bring them to their dependency upon him. But yet they murmured against Moses. You ever notice how God brings situations in their life? And one of our natural instincts is to blame somebody for why the situation is the way it is instead of saying, this is God, this is your will for us. You ever done that? Sometimes it's a blame game or it's a fault game or why it is. But folks, let's be honest this morning. Sometimes things happen in our life because God is drawing us to Him. We don't want to admit that. 
Sometimes we think that somebody has erred or somebody has made a mistake or somebody has let their guard down or somebody has messed up. But the truth is, sometimes, I don't want to say usually, but oftentimes God is trying to get a dependency upon him and the people murmured against Moses. Jesus tells us in Mark chapter 7 verse 37 that he hath done all things well. Talking about Christ himself had done all things well. But you know what? If Jesus can do all things well and he got murmurs and complaints against him, what are you going to expect in your life? If Jesus can do all things well and he still faced adversity, weaknesses, temptations, why should we or do we expect something different from our lives? Folks, even Jesus himself faced bitter water. Even Jesus himself faced circumstances that needed to be changed, but he was the changer. He was the one that could change these saints. And we're going to keep reading here in, uh, in, in Matthew, excuse me, Exodus chapter 15. But in this 24th, in this 25th verse, it talks about how that they murmured and they complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? So they were concerned about what's going on. And they said, and what shall we drink? Notice the 25th verse. And he cried on the Lord. And the Lord showed him a tree. Folks, we all have our moral experiences in our life. A time when things were there. But here's what I find amazing. You mean to tell me that we went from no water to bitter waters to sweet waters because of a tree. Jesus was crucified tree when the axe head went into the water and God Elijah began to say he said if you want to find the axe head what did they do he said if you want to find something that has sunk and you want it to rise again he said you better throw the stick in or the tree inside of that and what happened the iron began to swim folks today the tree that Jesus died on performed miracles that nobody else had ever experienced in life that tree changed the waters from bitterness to sweetness when I tell you that they went to the clods of clay that was there, a place of burial, that it changed things from bitterness to sweetness, folks. The tree and the cross of Jesus Christ changed the graveyard. The cross of Jesus, folks, changed that. Before that, we didn't know. We didn't, we didn't have understanding. We, we, we as human beings could believe in the coming of Christ, but until Jesus rose again, he was the first ones. Now the others, I know we, the others talked about others that had died and you know that they resurrected, they died again. Jesus was the first one to resurrect never to die again. For aren't you glad today to know that, that because of the cross of Jesus Christ that you and I are going to see bitterness turn to sweetness? And he cried on the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree. I'll tell you what else I believe in today. I believe that God can open our eyes and we can see things that we cannot see ourselves. When I talk this morning about making bitter times become sweet, God is trying to open up your eyes and mine to show us that there are trees in our life. Trees that we might be able to cast in. But instead, sometimes we want to do what we read in that 24th verse. They begin to murmur. You see, to a lot of people, they're wanting to find a medicine. They're wanting to find something that's going to be a cure for what they're in. Can I tell you that I believe in, that I that I have a belief in what the cure for sin is? 
100%. Jesus. 100%, folks. Without Jesus, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sin. None. You can do good. You can, you, you can be kind to your neighbor. You can feed the hungry. You can do all kinds of things, folks. But our cure for sin is Jesus. That's why if you take Jesus and the cross out, we're all bound for a devil's hell, every one of us. Every one of us are going to be in bitterness. We're going to go from no waters to bitter waters. We're going to experience these things. But God said that I will give you what you need. He said that, that there was this righteousness there's this righteousness that the tree and the righteousness of Jesus Christ is going to deliver us from what we're in. Can I read to you a verse found in the book of Jeremiah chapter 23? Jeremiah chapter 23. Can I read you the fifth verse? This branch, this tree, this changing of things. Jeremiah 23 and verse 5 says this. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. You see today this branch that we're reading about here in the book of Exodus chapter 15 the one we're reading about here in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 23, it was not just a twig, it was a branch of a tree. But in the midst of that, that there was life that was coming out of what one... You break a branch off of a tree, you think it's dead, right? Only... Uh, let me back up. You break a branch off of a tree, it's lost its nourishment and it's going to die. If it needs the tree for its source of, of water and food, you might say. But who... Who does God get life from? Himself. So if he separates, he still needs no other source. He can supply the source in and of himself. Folks, you can put Jesus in the tomb, but that does not mean he's dead, for he has the power to rise again. Right. And that power does not lie in what somebody else has given him. That power lies in the very nature that he is God. The same power that he needed to rise again from the grave to turn bitterness into sweetness is the exact same power you and I need. We need Jesus. Right. Nothing else. There's no substitute. There's no alternative. We need Jesus if we want to experience making bitter times become sweet. For the, what happened is, is that uh, the, 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 the circumstances and the things that they had gone through, it becomes so bitter they went from no water. They went from bitter water. They went to. Uh, they get to a point where they had a spirit, uh, 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 a sweet water, and all of a sudden they had an abundance of water. Folks, that's what God will do in your life. He will change things. You all probably have a bitter place right now, and I'm not trying to say that we have more than one another, but there's places in our life that hurts, don't it? They remind us of things. You see them all the time down the highways. There's memorials and there's memorials. Uh, and, and Well, cemeteries are memorials. You've got war memorials. You've got all kinds of memorials. We're reminded of the effects of sin. And sometimes there's a bitterness that's there. But he said, you don't need to stay in the bitterness. He said, I want to give you sweetness. For he said, and he cried 
unto the Lord. Folks, the best thing you can ever do when you get that bitterness in your life, talk to God. If you want to scream to God, scream to God. If you want to talk out loud to God, talk out loud to God. If you want to talk to God from the very quietness of your heart without never moving your lips, then talk to God out of the quietness of your heart without ever moving your lips. But I will tell you this, when you find bitterness in your life, talk to God. Why? What have we said over and over? What did we lay as a ground of belief in the very beginning? God changes things. Cemetery seems so final. Sometimes the change is not in the circumstances. Sometimes the change is in us. Have I not told you that the dead in Christ are going to rise again? Then glory, hallelujah, that we know that there's a victory that is going to happen. But the people begin to murmur. And Moses, we see here that he began to, and he cried unto the Lord. And the Lord showed him a tree. Do you remember what we read a few weeks ago? I believe it's in the 21st chapter of Genesis about Hagar. That there was a whale. And God opened her eyes so she could see the whale. Sometimes God's opening your eyes to a tree. Do you want to see the tree? Sometimes we don't want to see the tree. Sometimes we don't want to see the whale. But I can tell you this. God changes things. He can open your eyes. To the eyes of what He has provided Folks, I'm I'm a deep believer that God has already provided what you need. Do you believe that God's provided it? If He's provided His Son, Jesus, what else do we need? He is our hope. He is our healer. He is our friend. He's our Savior. Savior means to be brought out and delivered. I want to tell you about a boy many years ago that was in a pretty deep pit. Absolutely afraid of dying. Grew up around it all my life, but I was afraid of dying. You know what God did? He brought me out of that. I can sit here before you today and tell you with the utmost peace in my life that if God takes me from this world today, I am at absolute peace And knowing that I have a better place awaiting me. And it's not because of what I've done, how I was raised, who I was raised by, where I lived at. It's all because of Jesus. Him and what He's done for me. He brings us out of the places we're in. And He gives us what we might find bitterness. He gives us the sweetness. And He said, and the Lord showed him a tree. God opens our eyes and we see what He gives. And He says, which He had cast in the waters... The waters were made sweet. Here's what I this this is a pretty elementary statement here, but I'm going to say it. What good's the tree if the tree is not cast into the waters? Could God have saved mankind from heaven? Yeah. But you know what the Bible says that he had to do? He had to come down. Jesus did not live in royalty. He dwelt among sin. He dwelt amongst hatred. He dwelt in the midst of animosity. Not because it was better than what he left. But he did that so that you and I might have the hope of a better place when we leave this world that we get to go to a place called heaven. 
Today I thank God that Jesus came down, that the cross didn't have to just stay in heaven, that He sent us what we needed to be redeemed from the sin that we're in. God did that. He sent that. And today if you're here, God's showing you a tree that you need because you've got bitterness in your life. You've got a drought in your life. If God is showing you a tree, do something with it. I cannot emphasize that enough. The importance this morning, do something with what God is showing you. For a lot of people think, well, there's the tree. If I cast that in the water, it's going it's to make that water all of a sudden go from bitterness to sweetness. You know what? The water is useless like that. But God said, you're close, but you just got to take the tree and you got to cast it in. If God is showing you something today, trust God. Trust God in what he's able to give to you. For he said, which he had cast in the waters, and the waters were made sweet. All of a sudden, instead of a curse, you know what they were going to find? Let me ask you this. If you're in a desert and you find a well of drinkable water, would that be a curse or a blessing? My definition would be that's a blessing. I mean a huge blessing on top of that. But if you were in a desert and you found water that was non-drinkable, it was bitter, you would think, I'm cursed. I've got what I need, but it don't do me no good. It's not, it's not, it's, 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 it's not something I can consume. It's not consumable water. But he said, I can change that too. Folks, this morning, one of the blessings, and by the way, I don't want to call this a minor blessing. I want to call it a major blessing, is that God gives us something that not only we desire, but it's something that we need. This morning, if you're here and you desire Jesus, what a wonderful blessing that is. But even another step further than that, you need Jesus. Preacher, how do you know about me and my life? I'm going to tell you something all of us as race, human race needs. We all need Jesus. Would you agree with that? We need him. We need Him. Why? Without Him, the waters are bitter. Without Him, we don't have what we need. And to consume, it says, and the waters were made sweet. God's able to give us what it is that we stand in need of. And God's able to provide what it is that, that He is able to provide. And He says, and the waters were made sweet. And there He made for them a statute and an ordinance. A statute and ordinance. So now what we're saying is, is that if we want the goodness of God in our life, then His Word's going to come into this somewhere along the way. Folks, can I tell you very, very briefly how much I believe in the Word of God? Remember what we've said in the outline foundation in the very beginning, God changes things? I'm going to go ahead and add to that now. God's Word changes things. God's Word will change you. It's not always easy to abide by or desiring to abide by, but it's necessary to abide by. For what happens is he made them a statute and an ordinance. And let's hurry along here. And it says, there he proved them. Sometime or another along the way, God's going to test us out, isn't he? It's just a test that we're going to go through. Remember what Jesus said in John 16 and 33? In the world ye shall have tribulation. He didn't say that there's potential. He said you're going to have tribulation. 
You're going to hurt. You're going to have bitterness in your life. You're going to be empty. You're going to have bitterness. But God said, don't remain in that bitterness. He said, don't let that, don't just change locations. Change what's happening in that location. You know, today we, we talk about places that people just, they don't want to go because it reminds them of, of bad things and hard things and hurtful things. And those are all legit. I believe in that. One of the most painful places we read about in the book of Job, it says, the clouds of the valley shall be sweet unto him. These are places they looked at that we would call a, a, a cemetery type place. And he said, but even in that place, they're going to find sweetness, folks. The children of God, we can rejoice in the fact one day we shall rise again. But he says, and there he proved them. So you mean to tell me that it's necessary that people need water and God's going to bring them to a desert with no water, 20, uh, 22nd verse there. And then all of a sudden they had water that was non-drinkable. No, that's not what God wanted them to stay in that situation. God wanted them to have dependence on him. God doesn't want you to stay in the, the place that you're at right now. And I'm not saying you're in a bad place. What I'm saying is, if you got bitterness, whatever that bitterness is, God said, I want you to have that removed. And he says, and there he proved them. So the people were murmuring against Moses, but in reality, they were murmuring against God. Today, I want you to really focus on that 25th verse. And I want you to think about, is God showing you a tree? Is God reminding you about the cross of Calvary that you need to change something from a time of defeat to a time of victory? If you're here and saved this morning, I'm going to close with this question. Do you believe God changes things. Amen. And that is the gospel that we take out into a lost and dying world that they would hear God changes things. God bless you this morning. Those are the things I had in my heart.